0: I came, um, my husband passed away in um, 2016, and I just kind of quit going to church because it was hard going without him. And so I kind of just hung back for a little while, and um, so I had some friends that went here and, you know, like, hey, you should come try the vineyard. And and I came, and um, it was really funny, when the, the Sunday I came, there was the sign-up for the women's retreat that they were doing that was here. I'm like, oh wow, how interesting. <laughs> and so, you know, I signed up and, and met, you know, people that I knew that didn't even know that they went here, but just in, immediately got put with people that were also experiencing grief or something that was really hard. And um, so that was my hook in. And I came in and then started talking about VBS because I was really, really missing serving. Um, you know, God and I were always, you know, together, but I really miss serving with people. And so I, you know, jumped in with that and, um, not long after that, I started with the children's ministry. I have loved, loved, loved watching these kids, um, start from just singing songs to we, you know, we sit on the carpet and they're telling me, you know, what God created and what can, what God can do and, um, and singing the songs back. and um, just watching them have that servant heart already and that love for other people. Um, I hope that's what, in my time with them through pre-K, is what they take away and and carry it on. I I mean, I think if you have the opportunity to serve, this is a plug for, you know, we need volunteers for um, little kids and we would love to have you, you know, watch these kids grow and share. It's a joy, you can't you can't have a bad day when you are with kids. Um, that's always been my theory. Um, I think if you can get involved with just sharing with people, bringing in food, you know, even something that simple, even if you don't get to see the end result of people walking out with it, you know, when you go to the grocery, you bring some things for food, um, for the food pantry. Um, I have loved, loved, loved that part of being here at the Vineyard, um, is because we really do serve in every aspect, you know, for the Thanksgiving meals. I mean, that has been my favorite part of joining this church, um, is that we really do put put our Actions to use, and it's not just something on paper that when you sign up, you know, saying, "Yeah, I want to do that," and and it's all just talk. Like we really do serve here, and I love that part about this church.
1: Wow! Welcome. What a, what a testimony from Darla, right? I mean, we we really put our actions to use. That's that's pretty much what I want to talk to you about today, is the moments in our lives that come when it's time for us to decide to do something, and you just listen to Darla explain and describe what it meant for her to walk into the presence of God, and, and honestly, not to walk into the presence of God, but to walk back into the presence of God in a corporate gathering, and then to believe that God wants to do something incredible through her. He doesn't want her to be a consumer, he wants her to be a vital part of the kingdom of God. Man, good morning. It is 2023 and I hope that you are there in your house all warm and well-fed and you had all your Christmassy things going on and it was wonderful But we also want you to to stop and realize that, hey, we're not watching a Christmas special. We're at church, even though all of the church is watching maybe at the same time. But uh, we're gathered together. And so we just want you to be plugged in and involved in the service just like if you were in the building here's the deal last week we were having christmas together in the building on christmas morning and if you weren't here i'm sorry that you missed it i'm glad that you were where you were i hope um but at the same time if you were here wasn't it a great gathering didn't we enjoy being in the presence of jesus on jesus's day and then i'm just telling you as if i can shift hats for a minute here as a boss Our staff works so hard and you never really see it and I wanted them to have some time off. So just know that the church is basically closed until January 8th when we're back together in person because I need our staff to rest and just get to chill and have a good time. But at the same time, man, I have, I, I, I'm dying to share this message with you. I honestly am. I, I wanted to share it on the 18th. I don't want to share it on the 25th and then I want to share, but I'm going to share it today with you instead. So let's jump into this. I'll be using the, the new international version. 1984 and i only share that with you up to this day because people are always asking me hey pastor joe what version are you using so i'm just sharing with you but we also use the new updated one that shows up on the screen and so that's okay all that to say grab a hold of your bible i'm going to use my bible you say but you said it always shows up on the screen it's going to show up on your screen at your house this time however it never hurts to grab a hold of one of these things and spend a little time in it. So let's go ahead and look at this Matthew chapter two, beginning at verse one. I want to talk about the Magi today and I want to talk about the same thing that Darla was talking about. And that was that there comes a time when it's time to put our words into action so that the kingdom will move and not just set there. Look at this right here. The gift, the visit of the Magi chapter two, verse one. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. When the king Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go make a careful search for the child and as soon as you find him, report to me that I, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, the Magi went on their way and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now listen to me carefully. On coming to the house, not the barn, not the inn, not the manger, not in a stable. On coming to the house, the scripture says, they saw the child, not the baby, the child, with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. That means they laid face down in the dirt. Okay, that's what that means, literally. Then... They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And these are the people that I want to talk to you about today. And I want to look at their part of the Christmas story. And I want to look about how that applies to you and I as we come out of the Christmas story and we move into the house. We go from the manger to the house and then we have visitors from the east come and the kingdom of of God and the promise of God moves forward, it didn't stay in Bethlehem. So we're looking at magi. We're looking at magicians. We're looking at astrologers, we're listening at we're looking at wise men, we're looking at kings, they're called, we're looking at pagan priests, but let's look at them in the circumstances that we read it out, read about. We have scriptures saying that they came from the east. Now, from where Jesus was born, from Israel, East means Persia, Babylonia, Assyria, okay? And they were clearly not a small gathering. It wasn't three guys that showed up. Okay, they had great wealth with them. They dropped off a chest of gold that was suitable for the new king of the Jews. Remember, they walked into Jerusalem and they said, where is the one born king of the Jews? Where is the newborn king of the Jews? So they expected to be in the palace and to bring gifts worthy of the palace. And so, I mean, it's a contingency, it's an entourage that travels to the house of Mary. I'm sure every neighbor around Mary and Joseph had their nose sticking out the door to see what was going on down the road. Just like we do today when the wrong car, hey, those people don't belong in this neighborhood. I think it was pretty obvious that those magi did not belong in this neighborhood. And as a result of that, people were probably looking like, what's going on down there? And they had gifts and they had stuff and they had wealth. And they looked different and they looked wealthy, in my estimation, not just Hallmarks. But in my estimation, they looked wealthy. And so they'll see what's going on. Now, Eastern Christianity, I mean, from like the Mediterranean Sea East, they will tell you that there were anywhere from eight to 12 Magi. Western Christianity will tell you that there was three. The reason that Western scholars will tell you that Western Christianity says there was three is because there was frankincense, myrrh, and gold. So if there was three gifts, there can only be three people. And it's like, that is not true. Again, we know that there had to have been an entourage to protect all of this as they traveled. And so we look at this thing. They show up at the palace because rightfully, that's where a new king of the Jews would be born. And they ask Herod, where is the one that was born? And Herod says, tell me about this. And they tell Herod, we've been following this star. And he tells them when, or they tell him when they started following the stars and Herod does some of his math and he figures that it's about two years. Don't trust me. Trust the scripture. And let's look what it says. We know this because in fear of losing his throne, when the wise men leave um, Herod and go find the baby, excuse me, the child Jesus in a house, not the baby Jesus. So we know some time has gone by. I'm suspecting that from the birth of the baby, that's when the star appeared. Two years have gone by. They're looking at a toddler. And at that point, Herod decides that if he's gonna save his throne, he has to kill every male child in and around Jerusalem, two years old and younger. And that's what the story says took place. Can you imagine? that being the scenario it's kind of a reflection back to moses isn't it the the egyptians told the midwives listen if a male child is born we want you to kill him or at least don't feed him let him throw him in the in the river whatever but they couldn't do it and they wouldn't do it and they were prolific and they made lots of babies and moses was born here's the deal metaphorically moses is a foreshadowing of Jesus, the Savior of Israel, and again, the Savior of Israel. And there's so many things that are like that you stop and you say, Wow, what's going on here? So, this is our picture. And it comes down to this, and this is what I'm talking about today. The wise men show up in the city of Jerusalem, the palace, they're gaining an audience, and they pose their question. And I would kind of give you this question, where is the one born the king of the Jews? Eventually, they follow the start of the house, Mary and Joseph, the child are living there. Um, it might be an Airbnb, I'm not really sure. Maybe Joseph said, let's make a vacation of it. Because here's the deal, okay? You're talking about Nazareth in Galilee. So, Nazareth and Galilee, all the way up to, and I know I'm going down, but it's like down, but up the mountain, okay? So down to Jerusalem, we're talking 90 miles. Guess what? We live in Richmond, Kentucky, and it is the 90 mile exit. Exit 90. It's 90 miles to Tennessee. They walked, and they didn't have a paved highway, but they walked from Richmond to the Tennessee border approximately what did I say it was gonna say 20 miles a day you're looking at the better part of five days worth of walking is what they did so four and a half days or so but you know bathroom breaks rest breaks meal breaks things like that I'm saying it's a solid five days And if you're gonna walk five days to um, to, to go down and, and, and to be part of a census you know you just don't say okay we're gonna stay a day and then we're gonna turn around and go back you know, it's like going to see grandma. If we're going to drive a thousand miles, drive a thousand miles. We're going to stay three or four days and then we'll turn around and drive back. So apparently they chose to stick around. So so look at the map here. See the picture of what it looks like because they went from here all the way down to here. And we're talking about 90 miles. So they asked Herod, where's the baby? The Magi leave Herod. They're warned in a dream. We've got to take our dreams a little more seriously, not the dreams like I want to be the captain of the football team, not those dreams, but we've got to take the dreams that come into our lives, maybe wake up and write them down, but that's a whole other sermon. And so as a result, they didn't go tell Herod and they went home a different way. The whole story hinges, I believe, on this question. Where is the one born King of the Jews? Where's the one? Some of you are here and you've been in this church. You've come to church. Maybe you've been in different churches um, and you've been there all your life. But the fact of the matter is maybe you've been baptized. Maybe you've walked the aisle. Maybe you've done all the things that you thought you were supposed to do in order to get what you thought you wanted to have. And you're still asking the question, where is the one born, the king of the Jews? If God is in our lives, then where is he? And we can't see him because we miss him because it's a baby. It's a child. It's a toddler. We're looking in all the wrong places. More importantly, we're looking in all the wrong ways for God, and to some degrees for all the wrong reasons. The the wise men came with an entourage, and their single reason. Where is the king of the Jews so that we can give to him these gifts that are worthy of a king? That's what they did. They showed up then. We brought these gifts for the king of the universe, the king of the Jews, for Emmanuel, God, who is with us. Sometimes people are following the world or they're following Hollywood or they're following the gold or the frankincense or the myrrh, the treasure. Some people are following their pride, their egos, the media, the science, Every form of mysticism out there, they're mixing astrology with Christianity and Jesus. I mean, God says in the Old Testament, do not do that. If you're going to walk with God, then walk with God, but leave the astrology and leave the paganism behind you. Don't mix the two. It's not a game. God takes it seriously. And I would encourage you to as well. Some of you have been to church, church camp, and every revival that you can find and more, and yet you're still crying out, where is the one born the King of the Jews? And a lot of times, We're walking into the palace thinking it's there, walking into church thinking it's there. Listen, we gather together not because this is, God's in your house. He's right there where you are sitting on your couch with your family and your children, and he loves you and he cares about you and he brought you to 2023, and this is amazing. He's not somewhere, he's inside of us. His spirit is here. All we have to do is ask. Jesus said we don't have the Holy Spirit because we haven't asked. Well, ask. Ask God in, in a very fervent, in a very honest, and real way that says, You can have my life, God. Where is the one born, the King of the Jews? Mary and Joseph spent four days looking for Jesus everywhere except in the temple when he was 12 years old. People were asking, Where's the boy? Where is he? Jesus went to church. Isn't it amazing? He didn't have to go to church, and he went to church and stayed there for four days. And some people, and not today, I'm not hounding on you and beating you with any, you know, little sticks. But some people are like, I don't have to go to church, you know, to to worship. No, you don't. But Jesus thought it was important enough to do it and stayed four days. We close at about one o'clock on Sunday, so don't stay. But listen to what happened. The blind man that Jesus healed said to him, where is the son of God? Who is this son of God that I can go and worship him? We don't always come to worship. We come to get, we come to expect. Passerby said to Jesus when he was on the cross, come down and save yourself. If you're the son of God, prove it. Where is the son of God? If you're still hanging on the cross, some of you are still looking for him among the dead. You think he's the gardener and he's standing right there. And he says, who are you looking for? And you say, we're looking for Jesus, but somebody's taken him. Please tell us who took him away. And it's not the gardener. It's the Lord. He's in your life, but you've set up expectations of him. And some of you, according to Matthew 7, a little bit of scary here, will still be here when the trumpet blows because you're still asking the question looking for the wrong answer for the wrong reasons. And it's like, that's not what God has for you. Where is the one born, the King of the Jews? The Magi did not show up to get something from Mary and Joseph. They showed up to worship. They showed up to give up. Did you hear Darla? She showed up to church, heard a word. It was a women's retreat all day meeting at the church that ended up with her serving the kingdom of God? What's your place? What's your gift? What is it that God's poured into you? Remember, these were pagans that came to Mary and Joseph. You and I are Christians coming to Jesus. I'm not saying we can't ask the Lord for things. I'm just saying the core of our relationship has to be based upon what does God want from us? Not always what do we want from him? As a result of that, they brought their gifts and they laid eyes on the one born the King of the Jews. I want to see Jesus. In 2023, I want to see Jesus and it's going to come through obedience. And there's a word I want to share with you at the end of this message. It's going to come with that word. But look at this right here. When we look at the magi, the priests, the kings, the pagans, the wise men, the astrologers, whatever you want to call them. When we look at them, when that star lit up and we don't know what it looked like. We got probably Hallmark movies all over the place about it, but it lit up and they believed it in their science and their pagan religion. God crashed into them in such a manner. He didn't affirm their religion. He said, come and find me and they came and found him. Here's the deal, they put their life on hold. You ever thought about that? When you surrender to Jesus, you immediately put your life on hold. Do you feel like you can do that? Because that's what they did. They changed the whole course and direction. For two years, we would understand, they traveled, they camped out, they killed things to eat, found things to eat, brought things to eat. But for two years, they didn't live in the comforts of a palace. They were on hold. They were inconvenienced. They were obedient. And they looked for that star, and they kept moving. The book of Matthew tells us, Jesus says in Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. They laid eyes on the king of the universe because they put their lives on hold and made him the priority. The second thing is, here it comes, they spent their resources to do it. They didn't flop themselves down and say, I'll go into the ministry if you'll provide God. I'll go into the ministry if we'll get, you know, fifty. people to donate $500 a month to my cause so that I can be in ministry, whether on campus or whether in a a church building or whether in a mission field. I'll do that, but only if God shows me how to, listen, if you've got to eat locusts and honey, then eat locusts and honey. John the Baptist, no man will be greater than John the Baptist, Jesus tells us, and he ate locusts and honey, not on my diet. But am I willing to receive from God what he's going to give me in order to do what he asks of me? I don't have to have the fancy car. I don't have to have the fancy dogs. I don't have to have the fancy house. I don't have to have the fancy church. I don't have to have the fancy job. As I interacted with a pastor friend of mine one time, I said, you know, there's days I just want to quit. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you can't. I said, I know it's an addiction. I want to tell people about Jesus and if I don't have it as my job, I'm still going to do it. It won't stop. I'm going to invite them into a relationship with Christ. That's what's going to happen. They spent their money. They spent their resources. Aren't just money. Okay. They spent their money, but they spent their time. Check this out. They spent their influence. People believed them enough to go on this trip with them. Not just three guys people came they believed that these guys they know what they're talking about we should go with them and they went on this journey check this out Matthew 13 Jesus tells us about the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven was a little baby in a manger he doesn't say that but I'm just telling you imagine you're one of these wise men the kingdom of heaven is a baby in a manger the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden a field when a man found it he hid it again and then in his joy he went and sold all that he had and bought that field Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for a fine pearl, a fine pearl, not a cultured pearl, not a man-made pearl, not a, a raw, big, giant, beautiful, not the kind of pearl you make your wife wear. In that day, it's the kind of pearl that the guy wears himself because it says, look at me, I'm wealthy. Okay? It says, He finds this fine pearl, and he found one of great value, and he went away, and he sold, he cashed in his 401k, he got rid of everything that he owned, and he went back, and he bought this, what looked like a rock, and he went home, and he's like, millions of dollars, see? And Jesus is telling us when when we come to our resources, our time, our energy, our gifts, our talents, our children, our jobs, whatever it is, are you investing in the kingdom of heaven to the degree that you will walk 90 miles to Jerusalem to see the pearl of great price, which is a baby in a manger? And all they did was, they didn't buy the t-shirt, they didn't get the wristband, they didn't get the tattoo, they just went and saw the baby in the manger, gave their gifts, and went home and was like, we saw the baby in the manger! We're like, no God, I'll come see the baby in the manger, but would you give me a house, would you give me a boat, would you give me a wife, would you give me a husband, would you give me, would you give me, would you give me, it's like, what's up with that? we got to reconnect this year in 2023. we got to find Jesus by asking, where's the one born, the King of the Jews? We have come to worship him. That's what we need to do. Here's the last thing I want to share with you today. Going into this new year, I love saying that, going into this new year, new chances, new opportunities, new things, new worship experiences. They walked, they walked, they walked probably rode on some camels, probably had some donkeys along with them. However, in all reality, for the most part, those animals packed things. I would dare say they walked 90 miles, 20 miles a day, five days in a row. Well, sorry, that's Mary and Joseph. These guys came from way out there. Two years worth of walking. Two years worth of Two years worth of walking just to see the baby in the manger. They left their geography. They left their comfort. They left their roles. You don't understand how important I am at my job. I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your whole business will fall apart if you step out from it. If God is saying, come find the baby born in the manger, the king of the Jews, then do it. He can preserve your business. He can preserve your job. He's probably got another job ready for you if you'll just Trust him. It's not just like, give up your job. It's come find God. That's what's the important part. They left their opulence. They left their wealth just to camp, to walk and to travel, to live in dangerous situations, circumstances, scenarios, to have to protect all of the gifts that they were bringing. Why? Because Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How lovely on the mountains. In other versions it says to us, they testified, they told everybody they could. To the gathering demonic, Jesus said to him, the scripture says in the book of Mark, Jesus would not let them go, but Jesus said to him, Go home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much he has had mercy on you. And that's what we're invited to do. You and I are invited to to spend 2023 telling people what it is that Jesus has done in our lives. What it is that we have gone and found. What it is has been our experience as we have walked with the Lord and what it can be for them as well. Not necessarily people from other churches but people who are asking the question, where is the one found the King of the Jews? This hasn't been our experience and we would like for it to be. So Jesus says, go tell people. At the end of the day, as we walk into 2023, we're taking our first big step today. What is it? What's the question that you're asking? I would pose to you that your question should be, Lord, where is the one born the King of the Jews? Let's pray. God, who is God in heaven, can we just thank you for bringing us to this day? God, staying on this earth is not, it's not the evidence of your favor. The evidence of your favor is our salvation. Our right relationship with our God, being adopted, our, our, uh, our gifting of, of, of the authority of the kingdom of heaven to, to pray and to encourage and to inspire people on this planet. But thank you, Lord, for your favor. Thank you. As we come before you, God, we just ask and pray that you continue to meet us right here. As we gather, God, we ask you to bump into us again. As we give, God, we just invite you to to challenge us, to to receive back from you what you said, not what we want necessarily. But to trust you to take care of us as 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 we leave, as we give, as we go and tell. I just ask and pray, God, that you would be the Lord that does these things in our lives. We thank you for this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Listen, you've been listening to this for a little while now and um, we're going to wrap it up here. But I just want to say this. We're coming out of 2022. We're done. We're actually standing in 2023. At the end of the day, I need you to understand that the scripture is true. And the cornerstone of everything that I believe is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. One. He gave everything that he had. One son. He only has one. He gave one. That you and I, okay? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for you and me so that you and I could be saved. And I'm telling you, hold on, I have to back up. That whosoever should believe, thank you. So I'm telling you, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him would not die but have eternal life. And I just want you to know, I believe that so much that I'm staking my whole existence and eternity on it. And I want to encourage you to know that you were born a sinner, separated from God, but God paid the price by giving that son because he loves you so much. He's not groveling. He's inviting you to come to him as he came to you. And that's what Christmas, and that's what this story is all about. God came here. What are you gonna do with that? I would encourage you in that. The word for 2023, I believe going in, is just one that was on my heart as I was wrapping this thing up. And it's the story of Mary. It's the story of Joseph. It's the story of Zachariah. It's the story of Elizabeth. It's the story of just about everybody in the New Testament and the Old Testament that you read about. Are you available to God? In 2023, I want to encourage you to decide that you will be available to God. If he asks you to bear a child, you'll bear it. If he asks you to go and tell, you'll go and tell. If he asks you to come and see, you'll come and see. If he asks you to give, you'll give without question and trust that he'll put it back. If he asks you to go, you'll understand that he will provide. Take a chance, a risk, live in faith and understand what it means to follow Jesus. God is saying, inviting you and I to see, then go, then say. Right now, if you are feeling like, wow, Joe, I'm trying to connect to this, and I'm struggling with it just a little bit, we've got people that want to pray for you right now, live people, not bots, not computer thingies, okay? Real people. If you'll just push the chat button, there is somebody there, and you don't have to explain it all, or you can share some of the details, whatever it is that you would like. But it is so important that we get the opportunity to pray for you and we would be honored for the blessing of doing that. And I believe that God wants to do something in your life. Go ahead and give it a chance. Beyond that, I just want to tell you God wants to do something big in your life. If you're going to be available, if you're willing, if you are willing to come and then see and then go, I believe that your life is going to take a whole new turn. All right. I'll see you next week. It's time for you to be in person. It's time for us to get back together. God bless you. Peace.